0: Hello, and welcome to Defining Culture. My name is Hunter Smith, and this is the show where I interview some of the funniest and most interesting people I know about that one piece of pop culture that really makes them tick. Before we start, I just want to chuck out a big thank you to everybody who's listened so far, everyone who's left a review or subscribed. If you haven't done that, please jump online and do so. Plus, send the pod along to someone else who you think might enjoy it. Word of mouth has been very helpful to me so far, and long may that continue. Now, this week, guys, it's a call. I'm joined by the hilarious Harry Lloyd. Harry is, well, lots of things, really. They're a comedian, they're a writer, and most impressively, they're a TV director, working on series like Turn Up the Volume and The Iconic Neighbours. In fact, they've just finished working on a series called Apple Cider Vinegar for Netflix about Belle Gibson, the cancer scammer. I cannot wait to watch that one. A bit of a disclaimer up top, Harry and I are good friends, we're old friends, and... This got a little loose. As you'll hear, we uh, got on the mimosas, and unfortunately, it shows. (laughs) What it lacks in deep cultural discussion, it absolutely makes up for in deep belly laughs. Recording with Harry was the highlight of my week, and I hope listening to it will rate highly in your week. Enjoy. Harry Lloyd, hello. Hunter Smith. (laughs) Thank you for coming.
1: Oh my god, this is this is now the only way I can get to see you. Yes, that's how you got to book it in.
0: Me. Yeah. Well, actually that leads on to something I did want to start with, which is that you and I have done a lot of work together in the past. Guilty. We were a bit of a we've been a bit of a dynamic duo over the years, but I just want to lay some ground rules here that this is my podcast and you're the guest, okay? So I won't be taking any roastings or teasings, nothing like that.
1: I am your Rita Aura to my taika Watiti. Yeah. <laughs> Aren't they married? Yeah, but you know That is not what
0: I meant Just just to be clear That's not what I meant is
1: this not (laughs) You know, she's always Trying to gag in You know, she's done A Grease musical You know, she's always Trying to get in there
0: Getting around his work Do you mean? Yeah, and that's that's what I mean with you I'm always trying to
1: Attach my name (laughs) To something
0: (laughs) Why don't you tell us What you've brought For us today
1: My defining culture Is Gavin and Stacey Tell me tomorrow I'll wait by
0: the window For you Gavin and Stacey is the Welsh sitcom from the brains of Ruth Jones and James Corden. Centering around, you guessed it, Gavin Stace, who fall in love at work, forcing their English and Welsh families together forever. Mum, we're getting married in Wales.
1: I don't think so. Well, we are, Mum. Oh, no, you're not. Mick, tell him. What's the matter with Barry? Barry Island? Oh, we're going to have the wedding reception on the log flumes. We don't live on the actual island. Oh, what's on the menu for the wedding breakfast? Hot dogs and candy floss.
0: Its showcasing of Welsh culture was an instant hit in the UK, making legends out of the characters like Smithy, Uncle Bryn and the endlessly fascinating Nessa.
1: Stick to the plan, Bryn. I want Nessa painted on my left foot, David on the right. But you always call him Dave. You never call him David. I do when he's sucking my toes.
0: They ran for three series, spawning a US version, a number one single and even a couple of Christmas specials, including in 2019, which was watched by a staggering 18.5 million Brits on Christmas night. Now, Gavin and Stacey is, in, from where I stand, one of the defining pieces of Welsh culture. Would you agree that that's part of the reason you like it? Oh, spoiler alert, Harry's Welsh. <laughs> I
1: don't know if you got that from my uh, Instagram, that Welsh one. Yeah. <laughs> Bit of a plug. okay. <laughs> yeah, do you really connect- hoping to get over 1,000 followers in 2024. <laughs> How many have you got now? 979. Oh... <laughs> 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 Being Welsh and Gavin and Stacey coming out globally, it was, it was a moment where I was so proud, but also mortified, because it was a real mirror.
0: Do you mean because it's definitely Welsh representation, but at what cost? Is that what you mean? Because they're sort of taking the piss?
1: Well, yeah. And, you know, I think like, um, you know, Barry and South Wales is a very working class place mm-hmm. so to see to see these people that you know are all like my friends and family and then to see that reflected back I'm like oh we're not oh we're exactly like that Like my mum watched the first episode and um I was like what do you think because we all saw it and we were like this is amazing and I was like what do you think and she was like are you not being funny we don't sound anything like that <laughs>
0: proving that they sound exactly like that I was like,
1: what are you talking about <laughs> the first Christmas special that they did there's a scene with with Doris next door and they're delivering their Christmas presents. And, like, just talc was so in my life. I don't know if it was the same for you, but, like, every Christmas. I don't Christmas, even know what you saying. Talc? talcum and powder? So oh, I- right.
0: Yeah, I've heard of Jug and <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think they, did they, they ban it.
0: it? <laughs> do they ban it now? Well,
1: it's pretty bad for your ladies. you cancer, yeah. yeah, right. Um,
0: so is that a Welsh thing?
1: Well... Just I am completely lost to what why are you trying to tell them Is that in the episode? That's in the episode of the Christmas special. Right. So then they do they do that. So that was that was good. But then Bryn and um Stacey's mum sit on the couch and they try mint bailey's for the first time. And I just have a really clear memory of someone pulling out Bailey's that wasn't Bailey's. It was it had it was like either salted caramel or like a mint, and everybody trying it to be like, <laughs> oh, have you tried that? No, try it. It is nice. That is nut. oh oh, so lovely. That is. Oh, oh go yeah, on. Put yeah. an ice cube in there. Fill it up. Go on. And then my mum just coming out with like a wine glass.
0: Oh, I'm a monster for Bailey's. Really? Oh, yeah. I've had some big nights on Bailey's. My nana used to make it for, yeah, Nana Mon used to make it Irish. Bailey's Irish, she'd call it. <gasps> just homemade. What was in it? Oh, a lot of dairy, different sorts. Real dairy cocktail, you know. <laughs> Yeah, nah, but I had a wild night on Bailey's just not that long ago in New Zealand when all the other drinks were finished. It was, it was, it was actually just after Christmas, which is peak Bailey season, isn't it? Yeah. It is. But, oh, terrible. Ho, ho, ho. Terrible time, though, like the next day. I think it's like a worse sort of hangover because it's sort of like a cream hangover, you know, it's all curdling down there. Oh, Nothing God. good will come of it, does it? Yeah. Um, you mentioned the show is set in Barry, which is
1: an island? Good question. Um, Barry Island is the amusement arcade, like down at the pier, so seaside along uh, all along the south coast of Wales, like there's Mumbles Pier, and at the end of the pier there's all like arcade games. Mm-hmm. So they had one of those, even like back- Blackpool, like Blackpool, mm-hmm. yeah, more front than St Kilda sort of vibes, mm-hmm. which I've really been leaning into. Now I'm, a, I feel myself as a like a Melbourne local. Mm-hmm. I don't say uh, more front than Swansea Pier. I say more front than single.
0: Oh right! Well, speaking of sayings, when I've been recapping a couple of episodes ready for the show, I actually clocked that some of your best-known sayings have actually—well, <laughs> I thought they were ancient Welsh proverbs—have actually just been ripped from Gavin and Stacey. And I present to you: the only church you'll see me <laughs> in is Charlotte Church.
1: <laughs> the only church you get me in is Charlotte. <laughs>
0: That is so vile, isn't it? And I reckon <laughs> I've heard you say that 40 to 50 times.
1: And every time. But it's it's so interesting. I only really say it to you because you're the only person that gets it.
0: No one knows who Charlotte Church is. If you guys probably, if you don't remember, nobody remembers. When I was like twelve, she would have been fourteen, and she was like a op- she was like a famous opera singing child,
1: voice of an angel, voice voice of an angel, like sang for the Pope, mm. sang for um, Andrea Boccielli.
0: Mm. Yeah, Boccielli, that's it. She's Welsh, we should say. Yes, she's and old. then years later, she became rough as guts, didn't she? Like a real party girl.
1: Well, I th- I feel like similarly to Britney. She um, had a rebellion stage. Yeah, but, but she then, didn't
0: like. She didn't have a breakdown. She was just liked a drink.
1: She loved a drink, but was you know portrayed as like the Scarlet Woman, like always out and about. But she was just coming into like teenager. I feel like she was like twenty one.
0: Yeah, you're so right. And you mentioned Britney, which I think is a good comparison because that was the same era. In that the worst time to be a young famous oh. woman, like life ruining time.
1: Outrageous. Yeah, especially in Britain. Can I just do a really quick side note? I'm so sorry. Please. But but if you come across people that are getting Britney's autobiography, mm. the audiobook, people are confused as to which M- Michelle Williams is reading it.
0: Oh, they think she's from Destiny's Child. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, people will be like, oh, it's glad she found some work. What do you reckon Michelle Williams from Destiny's Child is up to?
1: I feel like she's really into the gospel. Oh, I think she is, yes. right. Yeah, think... You know
0: what else I bet she's lapping up? The Masked Singer.
1: Oh. All
0: yeah. over the world, I bet she's doing it. Charlotte would be good on The Masked Singer.
1: <gasps> What's she up to these days? Do you know what? I can't... I feel like she was on The Masked Singer.
0: Oh, she'd be a fool not to be.
1: She'd be a fool not to be. I mean, so her. So when she went through that phase of like being like the Scarlet World and out mm. and out of control, then she married... One of the most famous Welsh rugby players. That's right. Gavin, Gavin Henson. Gavin. Oh, if he was chocolate, he would have eaten himself.
0: Does that mean he's up himself?
1: <laughs> yeah, he's in love with himself. Bit of a narcissist.
0: Right, all right. Um, take me back to Barry. So it's not an island. I got that, I've got that wrong. It's just a place. It's just a place. And, of course, you know who else is from Barry? Julia Gillard. <laughs>
1: what? Why? How did you not know that? <laughs> Yeah, do you I'm actually serious? not know that? What? Julia Gillard's from Barry. I will not be lectured. It's from Barry. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'll be not lectured on Welsh geography, but
1: yeah, yeah. Did you not know that? She's one of Barry's greatest exports. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow, shocking. Well,
0: there you go. Former Australian Prime Minister is from Barry, and so is Gavin and Stacey. So it's written by uh, James Corden of all people and Ruth Jones, who is Welsh.
1: Yes. What do is. you think of Ruthie? Now I. I love Ruth Jones. I think she's brilliant. She did another series, Stella, which is set in the valleys. She's just for what what she's done for Welsh culture is pretty incredible.
0: And so, was Gavin and Stacey the first time you knew about her, or did you already know of her?
1: Well, no, we had this little show um, in the UK called Fat Friends, where it was all set about Weight Watchers attendees.
0: Right, and that's where she met James Corden.
1: And um, oh my god, my mind's gone black. Pam.
0: Pamela. Pamela. Pamela is Gab's oh, mum. Someone. <laughs> Markle Oh look well, You've gone there now So I have to say Like for me It's just the Pamela show oh. if I, I've, Sometimes I watch The best jobs of Pamela If I could just watch The show about Pamela I would
1: <laughs> Oh my god When she's crying About the badgers oh.
0: <laughs> Or pretending to be A vegetarian <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: a vegetarian Markle <laughs> Leave it It's just incredible Yeah she's great Do you
0: know much About that woman Someone's dead it is Alison Steadman Alison
1: Steadman She's a very serious actor like, Is she? very serious, done a, done a lot of theatre, was a big name in the UK. So Alison Stedman was in Fat Friends um, and they were really nervous about getting her for for the show because they were like, she's serious, mm-hmm. like we've just met because, you know, James Corden was so young as well and was in it. Um, so I think, I think for her to be part of it was like pretty prestigious. So there must be quite a big
0: age gap between James Corden and Ruth Jones because I also read today that Ruth Jones went to school –
1: with Rob Brayden. With Rob Brayden. Yeah. So they must be the same age. They're the same age, yeah.
0: We've got to talk about the divine Julia Davis who plays the miserable Dawn. Oh,
1: Dawn and Pete. Such Aren't good they, side characters. They're just the biggest chef's kiss.
0: They are absolutely stunning. And I think Gavin and Stacey is a great example of shows where you have to create the two main characters. that has to be based around them, but they're not that interesting. And it reminds me a bit of what I was sort of Will and Grace. Yes. where it was, it was like Will and Grace were grounded enough in reality to build a world around, but really you were there for Jack and Karen to and that's what, how I feel about uh, uh, Smithy and Ness too. Oh,
1: they're incredible. I mean, but all of those like um, supporting cast are just so incredibly well cast and I feel like because they are real people, like we we know Brins. You know Uncle Brin's when he was like trying to explain. You know an Uncle
0: Brin? I don't know an Uncle Brin. You
1: don't know an Uncle Brin? No. Well, I think like so. My grandfather, Mm. um, he was the only man to be of Swansea Swansea twice. (laughs) Twice.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I've heard that
1: before. (laughs) Dare you? Now you said I wasn't allowed to roast you on this, (laughs) but is that just one way traffic? Is that what we're saying? (laughs) Yeah. Good on him though. R.I.P.
0: No. Good on him. I forgot he had died. Yeah, yeah, you did, didn't you? Yeah, so you I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. But you know one thing for sure. Sh- we know one thing now for sure. He won't be the nearest one he dies. <laughs> Good. Good. <laughs> Good. Sorry. Look
1: how happy you are. <laughs> Look how happy you are. I haven't seen you giggle like this for years.
0: <laughs> Outrageous. Sorry. Yeah, the only thing brings me joy is other people's grief.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Look at you crying, Harry. <laughs>
0: Uh, So we've touched on there some of the periphery characters. Out of everybody who's not Gavin and Stacey, who's your ultimate favourite?
1: It's got to be Vanessa Shanessa Jenkins.
0: Stunning, of course.
1: She is outrageously good.
0: Do you relate to her much as a character?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Being Welsh, I mean. Well, we were both South Wales wrestling champions
0: of the year. (laughs) Oh, really? No. They do have a running joke on that show where, like, they'll reference something <laughs> wild that Ness has done in her past. That is a bit like you, actually, now I think about it.
1: Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think...
0: You drop things in from your past that blow my mind, like how you were in a gang. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, oh, my God. My brother rang me and it was... My brother lives in Wales and he... And it was, like, 3 o'clock of year, so it was 4 a.m. in the UK. So I was like, oh, something's up, someone's dead. So I answered the phone. What's occurring? And he's like, oh, do you remember when you were in the LLC? Uh, Look who it is. And it was the former leader. (laughs) Of the gang? Of the gang. He was like, what's up, pal? Nice to see you, pal. What are you doing? You're (laughs) in Australia, pal. Come and see me when you're back. (laughs) And
0: so um, what, what was his name? I actually can't. Well, let's call him the big man. The big man. Too scared to say. say. Yeah, this pod actually has a very big audience in the Welsh underworld.
1: Well, now people will listen to it. You'd be surprised.
0: Well, because now you're on it, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, Well, that's why I booked you, babe. (laughs) I thought we needed to get those numbers up. Welsh criminals. (laughs) You wouldn't have seen that gang leader for 20-odd years. No. Was he looking like he's in a gang still, or he's got it on the straight and narrow?
1: Well, it definitely looks like he's got more kids than teeth, I think. More kids
0: than teeth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? And he's out with your brother at 4am, which is not a great sign. Exactly. Now, I think we need to talk about the great James Corden. Now, if you've been living under a rock, James Corden uh, is the British, what, comedian, we say? Comedian, actor, who made the big shift to America, had his own talk show, Mm -hmm. starred in huge, critical hit movies like Cats. (laughs) Look at us shitting on his career. (laughs) loser <laughs> yeah but he has had a huge fall from grace because it was sort of he got a bit ellen degenerate really there were so many stories bubbling around about his terrible reputation that eventually people went on the record to say that he was a well c-u-n-t to be fair are
1: you and, surprised by that
0: um i probably was surprised the first time but i I'd, I'd heard that a lot that he was yeah pretty awful had you heard that
1: i had i feel like it is like a very well-known, unkept secret. Yeah, that he am able to
0: spread through Wales like
1: wildfire. Oh, my God. Well, I actually read his autobiography because I was obsessed with Gavin and Stacey. And I was like, I think this guy's a bit of a dick. Oh, you could tell in the book? In the book.
0: Oh, yeah, that's really bad. Because you know if it's getting edited and it would have been edited, the, the editor would have been like, he's seeming like a bit of a dick. So if he was still thinking it in the finished product, then that's not a good sign. I
1: wonder, let's,
0: let's just let our mind run wild here. Do you reckon he was a dick? Inga, at Gavin and Stacey, or do you think the dickness came later?
1: Well, from the book, he says that it was just such an overnight success, Gavin and Stacey, that then, because he was like in his 20s as well, it really um, went to his head. So I feel like there's a lot of bravado. Like he got himself trapped in a strip club once. So then Ruth Jones actually had to have an intervention with him um, and sat him down and was like, you are turning into someone that you don't want to be.
0: Is that in the book? hmm Oh, so that must have been when it happened.
1: Yeah. So she like sat him down and was like, you know, you want me to be a friend to you. I'm going to be a, like, you're a, you're a dick.
0: Really? Yeah. That's juicy. Yeah. Just to backtrack, what does the anything have to do with getting stuck in a strip club? I know
1: I started <laughs> that and then I was like, oh, I... F- and I can see your face go. what are what? you talking about, Harry? And then I feel like that was just like a raunchy story that I read in there and actually it's got nothing right, to do with it.
0: Right, right, right. I wanted to talk a bit about the success of Gavin and Stacey because always having watched it in an Australian context, it's been always been a bit of a cult classic, you know. Uh, but it was a huge hit in the UK. And in fact, the 2019 Christmas special screened to 18 million people on Christmas night. Isn't that amazing? That is incredible. Can we talk a bit about how... Christmas television is a real huge event in the UK?
1: I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> like my favourite thing when I was growing up was um, my grandparents always had like a TV guide. Hmm. So you'd get to go through and highlight, like they'd highlight what they're going to watch in a night. And then when the Read Your Times um, Christmas special comes out, because it's got every show in there, it's got a bit of a blurb so you can like go through and it's got some... Used to have like American TV that was coming over and films, so it's just like the excitement of like you know that there's going to be good TV on Christmas Eve, and then Christmas Day has always got EastEnders Christmas special, Coronation Street. So someone's always going to get die is going to someone's always going to die or an affair is going mm-hmm. to be revealed. You know, it was the Queen's message. Everybody gather around for that. Like French and Saunders would do a Christmas special. Like it was just such a a peak of like. Like, just the excitement around Christmas TV. And, you know, being in Australia, we don't have the same relationship.
0: I suppose it's a bit of a seasonal thing too, right? Like, if Christmas is in the dead of winter, we might be more inclined to chuck
1: on the telly. Oh, do you want to sit and watch a Christmas omnibus or do you want to go out in the sun? Yeah, exactly. Safely, sip, sip, up. I think it's actually really nice because I have a bit of a daggy attitude about making television
0: because some I've had to work on Christmas Day a couple of times making TV. But I actually think it's quite benevolent to do it because I often think if you are at home and you're watching television, you might not have much else on. And so it is quite nice that there's good there is decent content there to watch. Bit of company. Exactly. So the show ran for 3 seasons and a handful of Christmas specials. If you had to pick a favorite episode out of that, could you do it?
1: Can I do an episode and a Christmas special.
0: Absolutely.
1: OK, so my favourite Christmas special is 2008 um, Christmas special where Gavin gets the job in Cardiff and has to tell everybody on Christmas Eve that he's they're moving back to Barrie because Daisy's been very unhappy in Essex. Um, and it is like Dawn and Pete are there, like Pete brings his mum around, all the Barry lot come up. Dave's there with baby Neil. Like, everybody's around. And then it is just, like, chaos ensues. There's also a lot of repair that happens in that episode where um, uh, Jason and Uncle Bryn sort of come back together and are like, you know, they hug it out and they agree to put the fish and chip behind
0: them. If you guys haven't seen it, there's this quite baffling subplot in Gavin and Stacey where it's an uncle and nephew, right? Yeah. Everybody loves both of them. But when they come to see each other... There is an all consuming ice that descends on the room, and there's obviously an enormous unspoken feud between them. And it over time comes out that something unspeakable happened between them on a fishing trip, and they haven't been able to be friends since. And I gotta tell you, I, I find that really creepy.
1: <laughs> well, this is what I wanted to ask you, right? Because also, Gavin and Stacey, like, whenever we meet, um, when jason comes it's always like jason's here but then smithy's like walking around being like yes gay Jay," like (laughs) and they all refer to him like they all refer to his either sexuality first and then his name or his name then his sexuality and that like that's always got me a bit like
0: "Hmm." i know i'd like that i'd like to be called gay hunter yeah or maybe the dick hunter (laughs) (laughs) it's catchier
1: (laughs) I think that's why I find
0: it a bit creepy, the fishing trip story, because Jason, the nephew, is gay and Uncle Bryn is not technically gay, but gay, queer coded.
1: Yeah. He's so what he- happened flexible. on that trip? What, what do you think happened on that fishing trip?
0: I did read that they did initially plan to tie up that story and reveal what happened on the fitness trip, but uh, they got into a position in the edit where they had to dump certain scenes and that meant that they gave it up. So they didn't actually mean for it to be such an everlasting mystery. But the most popular theory that was from Reddit was that perhaps it got very cold out there and they had to huddle for warmth.
1: Right. If I had to get naked and huddle with my auntie for warmth, I feel like that's... That's fine, right? I
0: feel like it's fine, too. Like, it's weird. It's weird. But it's not unspoken. No. And I've got another theory which might not reflect well on me, but I think that if I had, you know...
1: Yeah. Fucked my
0: uncle. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't then, for the rest of time, make it so dramatic so that everybody goes, why are they so weird? Like, I'd be acting Move as normal on. as possible. Yeah. yeah. I'd be like, g'day, Brian. How are you going? You know, I wouldn't just be letting this... Icy silence come between us because everybody must be wondering what's happening on the fishing ship.
1: I think probably my personal theory is that they went on the fishing trip. I think their tents got ruined and I think they were really wet. So I bet they were. They someone was like, um, I remember this thing like you have to huddle for warmth. Mm. But I think Bryn or Jason has suggested but we should also pee on each other for warmth because we're wet already so yeah. I think they both peed on each other yeah and then had to like have a kutch all night in it
0: that means that's worse for cuddle everyone um, I've learned that over many years of friendship um, you I, say that like it's a chore I'm not sure if getting pissed on for warmth is that smart though because how long is that piss going to stay warm for all of a sudden you're wet cold freezing shuddering That's this is why we don't uh, go camping but
1: you're missing a, a vital detail hmm. they're also Welsh so
0: <laughs> you've made this podcast so sordid None of the other episodes have involved water sports. <laughs> <laughs> well, having sex with your uncle.
1: <laughs> Welcome to Wales, baby. Marisols, your choice.
0: <laughs> do you think they could bring it back again? I'm not really asking will they, but do you think culturally they could?
1: They are. They
0: are? They are. They're not.
1: They are. They're coming back. James Corden's moved back to the UK and it's the first thing him and Ruth get asked all the time. And they said that they're going to do a series four.
0: Really? Yeah. A whole series? Yeah. That is so exciting. I had no idea. Yeah. I wonder if I'll be able to enjoy it thinking that I know so much about James Corden now. I didn't know he'd move back to the UK. Restaurant managers across that nation must be trembling
1: in their boots. <laughs> Did you read that story about him on, on the flight? And um, he was in first class and there was someone, out, someone who was a passenger there. And she said that she knew his reputation and the baby cried like the entire journey from LA to London and the baby was crying and crying and crying, and she was like, oh, actually, I thought he was going to kick up a stink, but he actually didn't. And then at the end of the flight, he stood up, and the woman with the baby walked past him and said something like, oh, well, you could have helped me. And it was his child. <gasps> it was his, his wife. wife. Oh. And he just slept That's the whole a great way. twist. Like, so for me, I was like, okay, well, I mean, it's a piece of work.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Now, I wanted to talk a bit about Gavin and
0: Stacey, the yeah. actors. Yes. Have they gone on too much in the UK? Do you know? Um... He's a funny little fella. He also was in the Catherine Tate show. Yes, isn't that as like the
1: Nan's grandson? Nan's grandson. He did that. Um, I think he had to be falling out with James Corden too. Well, yeah, it was. It was actually in James Corden's book, mm-hmm. and they did a sketch show called uh, Corden and Horn. But James Corden, it was when the time where he was going out a lot and getting um, absolutely trashed. So Matthew Horn was taking it quite seriously. The Catherine-esque Tate show um, sketch comedy. And James- <laughs> the,
0: Catherine S. Tate, the Catherine S. Tate show sketch comedy. <laughs> I'm
1: drunk. We had a mimosas.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we should say we had some mimosas <laughs> before we started and it's showing. <laughs> I'll ask you one more one time, time. And if you can't do it, we'll just be <laughs> um, So there was a big falling out between James Corden and the bloke who plays Gavin. Do you know what happened there?
1: Well, it was in James Corden's book. Oh. So him and... Uh, Matthew Horn had a comedy show very similar to Catherine Tate's sketch comedy and
0: Would you say it was Catherine Tate-esque? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, gun to your head yeah. if you had to kill off one of the characters Oof. who would it be? I'll go first, Gav for me and then Stacey <laughs> <laughs> I
1: think it would have to be
0: Kevin and Stacey. See, isn't that funny? The show can be so popular, but the story at the centre is not that exciting.
1: But that's, that's what makes it, though, isn't it? Like, you know, it's focusing, setting us up in a traditional way and then just making everybody else the best parts of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, those community issues are like one of, the, one of my favourite bits is when um, Pam thinks that they're going to be putting up a telephone mast mm. around the back of the house. Um, and she can't let everybody know because she hasn't got good signal. And the master that they're up is for to get better signal. It's like my nan is is a bugger for that as well. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. it's just like those little things where you just like that is yeah. actually brilliant.
0: Yeah, yeah, like the little small details that make them really a rounded out character, isn't it?
1: Oh my god! And someone coming around the like where my um, where my nan grew up, all the houses were connected with like a back alley that went down mm-hmm. the middle. And, you know, someone would come around with meat that had, like, fallen off the back of a trolley and they'd knock all the um, gates, all the back doors, and then people would open it and be like, do you want to buy a steak? And it's like, do not buy a steak off Howell. I've had them twice this week and they are absolutely rotten. <laughs> He's washing them.
0: <laughs> like meat on the black market, is it?
1: Yeah. Do you ever buy anything on the black market? Um, I, do you know what? I don't think I do. I mean, Amazon's quite black market, isn't it? No, I mean, get any black market. Like Black. one of
0: my colleagues at work, he's buying the illegal Siggies. Oh. Yeah, get them down under the table at the market.
1: Oh mm. that's very good. Well
0: everyone's on the vapes. They're illegal.
1: Oh yeah. yeah. God. Do you remember when you used to smoke rollies? I used to catch you at the radio station sitting on the curb in the gutter. I know. It's rolling just... up <laughs> rolling up your cigarette, chuffing away. God, we
0: used to start the radio at five thirty in the morning and I'd get there early, so I had time to have a durry beforehand. Oh
1: God. It's, it's just what?
0: appalling, isn't it?
1: Dury in a muff, babe. He also was a bugger for a muffin as well. He loved it. He'd have a Derry, then he'd have his reward muffin, and then he'd tootle off to work on his bicycle in his high-vis.
0: <laughs> well, there's not a lot of breakfast options at 5.30 in the morning. You have to go to 7.11. I had to get a muffin. What I didn't have to have was a cigarette. That's, that's fair. Yeah, no, it's crazy how he used to smoke that. But, you know, these days, every fucker's on the vape. Even people that didn't use to smoke
1: are on the vape. Now, it's, it's madness. Have you tried it?
0: Yeah, I tried it once, and it was so much stronger than I thought right? it was going to be. Like three cigarettes worth.
1: It's, it's probably, a lot. probably
0: sound a thousand years old.
1: Oh right my god! I know, but also they taste like shit. Like the flavours are awful. Like my younger siblings are both big vapors, and they sleep with it under their pillow and it's the first thing they do in the morning is like open their eyes, vape in the mouth.
0: Yeah, a girlfriend of mine told me the other day that she um, often dreams that she needs to have a vape or she's having a vape and when she wakes up, it's already in her mouth. <gasps> <laughs> How's that? She's already sucking on it. Like a little baby with a passive yeah.
1: Oh, that is awful. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's
0: right. All right. Well, I reckon that probably sums up the Gavin and Stacey experience for us. Is there anything you wanted to leave us with before we go?
1: I'd love to do my NASA impression for you.
0: I would love you to do your NASA impression. Okay. Is there anything, I need to give you anything? Any jumping off point?
1: Um, any? No. I'll just give you context. This is from the first episode where they come back from London and Dave is trying to ask... Ness are out and through the episode they've insinuated that Dave might have an STI mm-hmm. so just say to me hey sugar tits can I take you out later
0: hey sugar tits can I take you out later
1: oh Dave I'm not being funny but you're adult. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think that's the perfect place to leave it <laughs> Harry Lloyd thank you so much
1: thank you for having me Hunter Smith bye